This is the Coaching Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Emily Hodge, where I cover or uncover some of the biggest coaching industry questions that many of us are asking so that we can get underneath what makes coaching work and where it might even go wrong for individuals and as an industry to help its reputation and worth grow well into the 22nd century to have even more impact. I hope you enjoy the series. Hello and welcome to this episode. I'm covering a topic that is multifaceted today and uh, I'm a bit nervous to talk about, but I have written a long email with some of the topic contents and I'm going to use this podcast to talk about some of the things I said in that email and further discussion around it. The email went out to my email list just last week, so if you're on it and you've read it, you will find some of this discussion uh, familiar, but I'm obviously going to be talking around it as well. If you haven't joined my email list and you want access to that email, every time uh, someone now joins my email list, they get access to the last five emails that I've written. So that will be the latest or the second to latest email that you'll see as well. Let's delve into the topic of today and you'll see what I'm talking about. I talk about the coaching industry in this podcast because I've been in it long enough to see some of the difficulties it can go through. I'm almost personalising it, aren't I? Um, Making it almost human. What I mean by that is how it can be used and misused. And I think also as a coach who really loves being a coach and hasn't always loved calling myself a coach, there's that internal struggle about being in the coaching industry and what it brings with it, the reputation and how you feel as a contributor to it. It's that really typical feeling of sometimes ickiness when you introduce who you are and what you do and you can just see the kind of look on people's faces. It, that, that's gone for me now, that's gone a long time ago but where it is difficult and the reason I wanted to do this podcast was for Situations like the one I'm going to be discussing today and because it's so nuanced. So the situation is this summer, there's been quite a big furore about individuals, plural, but particularly a person in this particular situation calling themselves a coach and acting and being a coach and having, I guess, goals that are really amazing, by the way. I've got no problem with that at all. Um, But what the fallout from that situation has done is is actually very multi-layered from my understanding. I'm not personally involved, but the reason I'm commenting is because it's left a mark in and about the coaching industry. And that's where I come in. Um, And it really sort of solidifies lots of the reasons why I do have these discussions, because the coaching industry isn't regulated to a certain extent and it is open to massive use and yes misuse and whether or not this summer that's what was happening is probably also open for debate. I do have opinions on it but I really am not here to kind of call out certain people. What I do want to do is discuss what these kind of situations do for the coaching industry and coaches who are really well trained and who spend a long time waiting to call themselves a coach and also have all sorts of qualifications and you know experience around helping people to change their behaviors and make their behaviors sustainable which is something that I'm really keen to always do in my own work as well and that's why this is a topic of interest to me. 
if you really want to go into the detail of what this situation was, um, there's been reports and you know articles on it. There's a really good summary or a few um, podcasts and um, written summaries of the situation by Women on Top podcast who've also got a blog. I should probably also say there's um, a dispute about whether that from the parties involved, you know, about whether that's their truth. But from my opinion, um, from what I see, outside of the individuals involved, this is a situation that is happening elsewhere as well. It's happening elsewhere that the coaching industry can be used almost like a pyramid scheme and seen as a pyramid scheme, even if it is used as one, seen as one and that's seen and is negative. And the fact that there's no regulation about um, calling yourself a coach and doing coaching versus other things. So I'm going to talk in more detail about that. I'm going to share what this situation has brought up for me personally and professionally. These are the main things I'm going to be talking through in the podcast. Seeing this and similar situations to it play out has made me question myself in the process um, a lot. With good reason. I don't think we shouldn't question ourselves, but it's made me question the techniques that can be used um, by people and whether I use them. Do I use them in the same way? Do I use them ethically? Do I use them just because it's what we are taught, you know, somewhere to use and are successful? inverted commas because what is success so it's had me questioning and reflecting that's not a bad thing but to have me questioning to the extent that I wonder again if I'm in the right industry is a shame because you know to have someone with that kind of training and I'm not just talking about myself there's loads of people like that um, who question themselves because of techniques that can be really misused is a real shame I'm sure there's better words to say but it is a shame second part that it's had me thinking about is the misuse of the word or phrase or title coach and knowing that in many examples lots of people myself included are using the word coaching and and we're not always coaching we are often actually moving into mentoring training teaching well outside of coaching and that is so misunderstood and misused not maliciously deliberately often um, but without the clarity from a client and the facilitator i.e let's say coach because that's what they're calling themselves it can become really messy then I'm actually thinking a lot specifically about titles that we're using and really honing in on the fact that when particularly around the Instagram community from my experience anyway I am one part of the corner of the internet you know there'll be many others but I think that if we could it's almost the feeling of our coaches actually marketers and maybe salespeople as well marketing and sales it's like coaching has sort of been molded into that but not enough people are saying I'm a marketer and I'm a salesperson and that's what I'll help you do with your business um, particularly for businesses obviously I'm talking about as well then the other thing is something I mentioned earlier around coaching being perceived as a pyramid scheme and that perception word is operative because is it actually one and is that a bad thing and if it is um, then you know again I question some of the things I'm doing 
what makes me any better than anyone else and also can it be perceived so it's not one but people think it is and so what do we do about that Um, and then finally this whole idea that other coaches who are really well trained who are you know waiting to finish their master's and their second degree and their third their PhD their doctorate their I don't know you know 10-15 years worth of experience of coaching and they're struggling to market themselves I guess or to say what they do Um, and so they're amazing coaches but they haven't yet got to a point where they can market themselves and they're scared, afraid and this situation has made them question whether they should even call themselves a coach too uh, versus other people who don't have training, um, you know, whip on up and can do damage. So those are the things that have been going through my mind. This is why I wrote the massively long email to my email list. I was honest with my list that it was long and it wasn't always very ordered. But it really is worth discussion as well on the podcast because it is a controversial topic. I probably got my highest open rate and I got loads and loads of replies to my email. Um, And even when I'd written it, I was like, there are so many more things I missed out that I didn't say just because there was already so much in there. Um, You know, it's almost like this is the accumulation of the whole of the Coaching Uncovered podcast in this one episode. So good luck. And here's a nugget I didn't say in the email that has really been bugging me this week, which is even as someone to call this situation out and review it, not to shame anybody to, you know, bring people down, but to review it. It's been suggested to me that I shouldn't do that as well, that my mindset is too focused on the negative and that I'm spending too much time, you know, not focusing on, on the important things in my business and that this isn't good energy. Um, and I just think that's bollocks. <laughs> I guess the more that we're told that something isn't um, not worth talking about at all, but something is you shouldn't spend your time thinking about that. That's a very typical, you know, ask me to think about pink elephants ask me not to and of course I'll see them but I think it's really detrimental that we don't delve into things that are difficult and are tricky because I'm thinking it and I'm trying to work it out I know loads of you are too and if no one's talking about it where is it all going Um, it's going into private forums sure it's going into one-to-one discussions with people and maybe their coaches and maybe their supervisor and maybe uh, you know communities business communities but I haven't really yet seen anyone talk about it in terms of the coaching industry and I could say defending the coaching industry um, probably that is what I'm doing or trying to do but I'm not here to sort of speak for it and to say it is angelic um It's just wide open for all sorts of use. And so people will come along and absolutely take full advantage of it. And I think the reason why I was advised not to talk about this was because it's almost saying your mindset is fixed. It's a fixed mindset if you are spending time thinking about what's gone wrong and the bad and the difficult things. It's not. It's a a need um, in myself, but also loads of other people. And if we don't give it the forum and allow it to be discussed we're only trying to squash it down and not admit that there's loads of things wrong and I think it doesn't give us a chance to be able to say how can we make it right how can we run a practice and be a coach 
be a mentor, be a marketer with ethics, with integrity, with authenticity, all those words that we like to say, we have to act them as well. And it wouldn't be authentic or um, real if I didn't talk about this topic. So that kind of fits in with part of this discussion around the coaching industry, which um, and this particular issue, I know that there, I'm not so much talking about one part of it, which is around manifestation um, and the argument that of, does it work? But I do think if the coaching industry is so broad and it involves lots of different types of coaches and belief systems, we have to be able to have good discussion about all of those in order to kind of come to an understanding about which one's right for us. And I know analysis and delving into detail is actually quite interesting to me. And I do that in my uh, work as well as in the way that I like to look at how we work. So looking at this topic doesn't make me small minded, uh, fixed minded. It means that I bring in the people who also need to talk about this, which is simply joyful because they want a forum to be able to hear what others think about the coaching industry too, who are in it. Let's talk about the techniques that are being used and whether or not they are good techniques that are ethical, um, integral to coaching and whether or not it's about the technique or the people using them. So the techniques that have made me question myself and the industry even more, they are things like course launches with rapid open and closed doors, limited spaces only, VIP rates, discounts for early birds, prices rising as less availability on whatever the thing is that you're selling and the closer the closing date is. You could even say another technique would be sort of creating buzz um, around the marketing and the sales process. Uh, another thing is high ticket pricing, which I'm in the UK, you know, that can be anything. High ticket, what does it mean to anyone? But that's in the thousands for one-to-one -one coaching. And also the idea of using techniques that are potentially manipulative, like let's say a really typical one is if in the coaching industry as well, if you don't think that you're worth the money to spend on yourself, what do you think your clients think of you? Or another one around that is, you know, as soon as you've spent the money, you free up, you make the money flow in order for people to come and spend it with you. Those are some of the techniques that I'm talking about that have made me question myself because some of them I've used, some of them I do use, like course launch, open and closed doors, um, VIP places, high ticket pricing now, you know, quite a lot of them. So does it make me a bad person or does it make me I'm better because I know I use them with integrity and other people don't I mean how do I get to judge myself on that that's what it makes me think um and then you go into sort of self-flagellation like what am I doing fueling how insidious this situation is and then you say well that's not coaching it's marketing and it's sales tactics that have been used for decades and I didn't start them I just learned them from people who are able to teach them and, and let you know how things work. Plus, I join and buy things in that way. I like a deadline. I like the, the need to be able to say, I can sign up by that date. Give me a deadline. And I also like to feel special. So great, I'm one of three VIPs. You know, that's why this topic is so hard. It's so multifaceted. I don't think those techniques are inherently bad, actually. I think they're quite good and exciting. 
what I think they can do is cause a false sense of insecurity in the buyer who may find it really, really difficult to make decisions that are important to them, that they do need either more time or a different way of buying. What I think I, as a seller in this industry, as a coach and someone who sells and markets, can do uh, to help that is to be as honest about the situation as it's going through. So for example, when I tend to do challenges in order to promote my course launches. So when I do one, I'm very open completely with the fact that this is free and I will be talking to you about something at the end, you know, the course that you might like to come on to. I I guess you could say I'm almost meta with it now because I start talking about the fact that I'm going to start talking about it and I don't try and hide the technique that I'm using. Does that make me better than others who do it without saying that? I don't know. I prefer that way and I, it works because the types of clients that I get to work with also appreciate that. So you could say your vibe attracts your tribe, sure, but I think we have to be really careful as facilitators of that process that we are enabling people to make good conscientious decisions. That really falls in line with some of the other techniques that can be used like high ticket pricing and that we're not forcing people into debt and forcing people into making decisions that are going to be pressured for them further down the line. I've had situations where somebody about a year ago, I think, signed up to work with me and it kind of transpired within the first few weeks that they hadn't necessarily told their partner and we actually recontracted and re-looked at what we were doing together because this person was worried about what their partner was going to say and how they were going to react because money that they had spent they hadn't told them. There's another whole other situation there around whether we share our money with our partner and whether they get to make our business decisions but this felt really uncomfortable because this was somebody actively you know hiding the fact that they couldn't share this which isn't that doesn't feel authentic or good at all so we have to be careful however good or um you know, ethical we think we're being, we have to be really careful that we are using any technique that is going to help our client to make the right decision. The next thing that I said this whole situation brought up for me was around whether or not this is actually coaching. And this and the next point really fold into each other around are we actually selling mentoring? Are we actually marketing, not coaching? Are we are we selling sales, not coaching? I think the overall answer to that is if you're in any kind of business coaching, you're really doing all of those things. You are marketing yourself and your service to the people that you want to um, buy it. You're showing them how they can market. That is really what you're doing, because if you're in any kind of business coaching, you probably are helping people to market. You're probably helping them with sales somewhere along the way, i.e. with their leads and maybe sales conversations. That's a bit more specific and niche, but that might be part of it. And you are probably mentoring. Um, and that's probably the biggest, I don't know, marketing versus coaching and mentoring versus coaching. Two big bugbears. The mentoring one is an issue because... As I've gotten more experienced, I'm much more confident and able to say a lot of this is mentoring because I've done a lot of this before. So I can let you know how I experienced it, how things went for me. Um, but I'm also very aware that to be 
uh, disclaim that, which is this was my situation. This is how it was for me. It's not necessarily yours. When we're coaching, we're doing far more of the expanding the other person's ability to do their thing. But when you're business coaching, it's very hard not to then say, have an opinion about and to say, I don't think you should necessarily use your Facebook group, for example, for this. It doesn't seem like it's where your energy is best spent from what you've told me. You know, that would be moving into things like mentoring, but you might have done coaching to get to that point. So you can be very aware and I think as long as we're very explicit at the start or even in a conversation, you know, can I give you some advice now? Can I share my opinion with you on that? If you've contracted for that kind of conversation, by the way, as well, or being honest and saying this is going to be coaching and mentoring because I've been there and done that and I'm going to teach you what has worked for me. Now, even that phrase, (laughs) I'm going to show you everything about how I got to 19 figures can be problematic because it suggests that if you follow my whole route to the nth degree, you will get exactly the same results. And we can't ever follow to the exact same process. And we won't necessarily get the same results. So we've got to be very careful about what we're selling there as well. Blimey, can you see how complicated this is? I'm going all over the place. (laughs) Here as well, it's really important to distinguish what we're selling. And I think a lot of what I see is around how to. So we're selling courses or structures or processes like how to grow your Instagram to 5,000 followers in five weeks, how to run, um, launch your online course, how to run your Facebook group as a lead magnet. You know, that is teaching and mentoring, I would say mostly in there, but there's probably coaching too. Personally for me, when we probably start talking more about mindset that becomes a lot more coaching in my mind because you just can't teach mindset well this is really opinion isn't it this isn't fact I you can't teach mindset and so you have to kind of help someone to develop their own beliefs and improve or make their mindset more powerful you can say I did these things but you will get such different results our psychology is just so personalized Anyway, the point was how to, when we're selling how to's, which a lot of us are, that's my course, how to lead a more gentle and successful business was my last course. You know, that's teaching really. And I think as long as we can express that and be honest and open about that and people know that that's what they're getting and that people know that our course is the answer to what we say it answers, but it's not gonna answer everything in their business. And I do want to try to make that more explicit amongst lots of us. Um, You know, my coaching, my one-to-one coaching, I know it lasts, actually. I get clients who I've worked with four or five years ago who talk to me about the impact of that. But I do want to try and express that often we are looking for things in our business to be the panacea of, I, I just think if I got good at sales calls, everything would be fine. And if you have everything else in place and you know it's just your sale, that that phone call that's an issue if you have phone calls, Um, then sure but often it's not it's a whole process and we have to get everything aligned and that's actually why businesses are so flipping expensive as well because we always want to be buying training and coaching and courses don't we to make ourselves better but we also have to bring in the money in order to um, make the money and then spend it again on other training so I do wish that we could have a way that we could define ourselves better and particularly in the Instagram social media world now I sound like a Luddite but um, in the world that we are talking about marketing ourselves online in squares 
you know, in captions, in small, small videos, the nuance is lost. And I think us as clients, we tend to gloss over some of the detail and us as coaches, we can't always express everything we need and things just get lost and and misaligned to miss selling, I would say sometimes and miss marketing. So just briefly on the marketing side as well, I do think that a lot of things that we, we are selling online now, it is really marketing and that's fine. I love marketing. I think it's, it's so cool, especially as a psychologist, like the perspective of the mind and why we buy and how we buy and what's going through someone in their emotions when they make a purchase, all that kind of stuff. I just wish we could express that better which is I am going to sell you marketing techniques you're going to be coached as well but I will also sell you marketing techniques for me personally I think that I have struggled in the past around the idea that I'm helping people in their marketing as well because I thought it was I don't know I felt like there's a bit of a um, what, what's the word I think there's probably it feels uncomfortable because I wasn't a trained marketer so that's interesting, isn't it? You really have to get over the mindset of what marketing is and why you think it might not be good for you. And there are people who sell themselves as marketers. Um, so shouldn't they be doing that? But that's really interesting. Like if I've got a technique that's worked and I'm saying that I'm teaching it to you, why wouldn't I? As long as I was honest about how it has worked for me and how it might or might not work for you. So it's okay. Marketing's great. I just wish we could find it easier to say this is marketing that I'm buying here. Um, or this is mentoring that I'm buying here. And this is a money course that I'm aiming to get to 10K with. Or this is a followers course. Or this is a mindset course. I just wish we could categorize things easier. Like maybe that's all that we need to do. It's an easy solution, hey? Okay, let's talk about the pyramid scheme issue. I realized um, a while ago that about 70% of my clients were coaches. And I felt a bit sick not because I don't like my clients, but because I realized I've become one of those coaches. So I coach coaches. And those coaches often have beautiful businesses uh, like health coaches, PTs, other physical coaches, mind coaches, money coaches, etc. And some of them coached coaches. So I literally had have become a coach that coaches coaches the coaches coaches like my description earlier on around the techniques I'm all right Jack because I am a good coach and I know I do it with integrity I'm okay can I say that honestly <laughs> so again the whole thing gets brought up and actually pyramid scheme is a slightly different definition around the sale of um, an apparent service or product that you know isn't the thing that's delivered is actually bringing someone else into the process rather than delivering a service so I can answer that no I'm not a pyramid scheme because I deliver a service I deliver the mindset the support the development the consultancy that I do within my coaching and that person I mean they don't go off and use my technique but they use what they've done to grow and develop so that they become better at their business within themselves and in their own marketing, their own development, their own processes they use with their clients. But the idea that we're fueling the industry just to be in on itself, you know, all the coaches that are in the, the, little, the little triangle that's just building up and building up. If that was the case, 
if it was a very typical pyramid scheme, a multi-level marketing scheme, I wouldn't love it. But from my perspective and how I see that being used, I really enjoy it. Not as a pyramid scheme, but as someone who works with individuals who I can see and I can describe and I could tell you all about them. And I know not their clients because they're private, but you know, I know the type of people they work with. So again, going back to it, does that make me better? Am I I'm just better. I'm more ethical because I can tell you how I'm using it and it's better. It's not, I don't know. It's not true. There'll be some people who will say, no, you're adding fuel to the fire. And other people say, of course, you're fine, Emily, because you use different techniques or there's no right or wrong to that, I don't think. I just have to call it out because I can't call out this situation without saying, damn, like sometimes I use that. A lot of my clients are coaches, are coach, coaches. Yeah, I don't know what the answer to that is. All I know is the way that I use it and I can stand by the way that I coach and the way that I support and the way I mentor. Um, But I suspect everyone else who does this as well could say the same thing and stand by their way of working. Am I being too soft? Don't know. (laughs) Again, I'm just trying to reflect on how complicated this is. The other thing is, I used an analogy in the email, which I'll use here. If you became, wanted to become a jewellery maker and you wanted to learn how to do that, surely you would probably choose someone who'd been a jewellery maker because you'd want to understand that they knew the industry. We tend to see it differently in coaching. So if I say, but I want to learn from a coach who has developed their mindset, who is able to earn more, who is able to share with me techniques that they have used that work and don't work and have discussion and analysis with me. That's so true. It's the same thing. I want to learn from someone like that. And yet, actually, when we think about the pure definition of coaching, it's not telling people what to do. It's helping people find their own answers. So we're going right back to that misuse of the definition or misuse of the um, process of coaching misattribution that it's not coaching and finally one of the biggest things like the heartbreaking thing is the conversations I've had with coaches who are really sad that their reputation is being sort of questioned because of situations like this where coaches can come along and misuse um, the phrase and the term. I've had my clients suggest that they're not trained enough when they have an MSc in coaching. I've got people saying they qualified but they didn't finish their accreditation so surely they are you know really bad and that's what's a real shame is that I think it really highlights the idea that there's good marketing and there's good coaching And when we run our own business as a coach, we do need to be good at both. But good marketing without good coaching is a recipe for disaster. Good coaching without good marketing is a real shame because we need more good coaches in the industry who are bringing up standards and, you know, understanding about reflection and time and just different ways of being but they have to be good at marketing in order to be found as well. So that is really the final part of my thoughts on this. Just to end, I'm going to talk you through very briefly the solutions that I suggested in the email. They are multifaceted and more some are more possible than others. Ultimately, I believe that every coach who gets to call themselves a coach should have a version of one of these or if not all qualification Um, and therefore probably be trained in something. 
They should be supervised to some level and accredited by someone. I know lots of people who have one or two of those things and they work incredibly ethically and morally. Again, is that my judgment though? And the reality of that is going to be very hard. I know that there are bodies who are looking into it. And I know that if you're aligned to one body, you tend to be trained, qualified, supervised and accredited by them and a lot of coaches come from that situation but I think the reality then is also that they then come out of the more corporate world come to market themselves and see out there let's say often in the Instagram world like whoa who are all these people who just don't have any qualifications and that's really interesting this isn't me sort of going harking back to the old days by the way and trying to be like don't change and evolve this is just one of the hazards of where we get to with this kind of work so if we can't do that which logistically would be is going to be hard um i potentially protect the phrase term coaching but again that would have to come under how we get to call ourselves a coach and what kind of training or qualification we have. And if we can't do that or alongside it, there's version of education really ensuring that we're using the term coaching correctly when we use it um, ensuring that we are trying to be as clear as possible when we are coaching and mentoring and that our clients understand the difference and ensuring that we are really clear in what we're selling which is fine if it's marketing but we say it's marketing um we say it's selling we say it's money guidance you know we coach within that but we're selling that the outcome at the end i also think you know there is another side of it as well as that anyone who's offering any kind of life change there is some kind of um quality standard because it's all very well to sort of set up and say that i'm doing this from my own life experience but that can be really dangerous and I've seen that be dangerous um, in previous iterations of my coaching. So that's part of it as well. And then really, honestly, but how we logistically do this, I don't know. It's just that to have to be able to talk to the idea that we are we have integrity, we're authentic and we have we have good quality services. But I've said this before and I'll say it again. I could say to you I'm authentic. I could say I have integrity. I could say I run a good quality service but you're not going to know until you come into it and you experience it and the problem is that all this is so subjective um somebody might have a difficult experience not because i'm not don't have integrity authenticity or high quality just because of whatever conditions were present and so we go back to the argument of how can we even tell anyway i could tell you till i'm blue in the face i'm a good coach i've got integrity but it's got to be experienced really hasn't it there you go. That is my take on all of this. I'm going to put the reference to the original set of articles that has carried this discussion on before I came to it in case you want to read it again because I haven't really explained a lot about it deliberately. I just wanted to go into the coaching side. This is a long solo episode but it's a lot of stuff. Always love to hear your thoughts. You can join my email list and you can share them on email there or you are welcome to find me on Instagram. Gentle life, mindful business, all underscores. In the meantime, happy coaching, happy clienting, happy uh, connections in however you are related to the coaching industry. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coaching Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Emily Hodge. To find more episodes, find me over on Instagram at gentle underscore life underscore mindful underscore business, where I share each episode as they're launched and hear your comments too. You can find the podcast on iTunes and Acast also. Have a great day.